0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Topics in Faith, part of the In Faith series of podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Dydeck, and this week we're talking about laws and our subjection to them. For The next couple episodes, let's try to approach scripture as it's given to us, not as we wish it to be, as we sort through this sometimes sticky topic. Let's get going. So today, as I mentioned, um, we're just going to be kind of getting started into This idea of laws and how we as Christians are to relate to them. And it's one of the ones where it kind of started as a idea that had been presented to me as sort of existing out there in the world and understanding that it was not, you know, it was not the right idea, at least as far as scripture seems to indicate or as, you know, scripture and reality (laughs) seem to kind of to indicate to us. And so, I had come across a verse that I thought spoke to that idea, but then when I started looking into the verse more deeply, it kind of it, it wasn't as clear-cut as I thought, but then when I looked even deeper and deeper, a lot of really cool things kind of came out of it. So this might still end up being a little bit shorter of an episode, but let's get into it and see what happens. And we're just going to pull up the verse and kind of read it. As I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, it's one that when you first read it, it kind of doesn't make sense. And as I was starting to study it out, there are, were kind of conflicting commentaries on what this verse might mean. And so what we're going to do is, is read over it. We're going to look at some of the, the Greek words that it's translated from and kind of come up with a, a possibility for what this verse might mean. And it comes to us from First Peter chapter four verse 6. it says, "For this is the reason the gospel is preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. So when we talk about the gospel is being preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards, but live according to God. Now, one of the ways that this could be rephrased um, based on the, the original Greek would be that though they are judged in the flesh as men they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. But if we're talking about people who are now dead, what are we talking about there? This is the Greek word, and I'm probably gonna mispronounce it, but forgive me, Necros. It was used literally throughout scripture as well as metaphorically. It could be that when he says those who are now dead, that dead in this context means of the realm of the dead. It's the same word that we see in Revelation 2, chapter 20 verse 5 where it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended and this is the first resurrection so that's it's a literal people who have passed from the life we now live and into the realm of the dead john chapter 5 verse 25 says very truly i tell you a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live in this case it sounds like it's a little bit more of the metaphorical sense which we see Even further, if we look at Romans 6.13, it says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So here we start to get this clearer picture of, um, of the theology that you may be familiar with, that those who are in sin, who have not accepted Christ, are dead. He would have been brought from death to life, which we see fully realized in Ephesians chapter two, verse one, that says, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. And so this is the same word throughout all these passages from Peter to revelation, to John, to Romans, to Ephesians, this word dead. So we don't need to think that he's talking about the the gospel being preached to those who are no longer alive in this world, that the gospel is preached even to those who are now dead, simply meaning those who have not been brought to life through Christ, which if we put this a little bit in context and go back to verse four of this first Peter chapter four passage, speaking of those who do not belong to Christ, it says that they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. Now, again, this word heap abuse is blasphemio Again, I'm sorry. I'm probably butchering Greek, forgive me if you speak it or know it, blaspheme, heap abuse, or judge you according to their standards. So again, when we look at these two verses together, verse four and verse six, we can see this concept of that when you have been brought from death to life, when the gospel has been preached to you and you accept the word of God, that those who are not in Christ will still judge you according to their standards in regard to the body. And we are somewhat subject to that. This isn't something that we can necessarily escape, whether it's, you know, just because you have been made righteous in Christ does not mean those, especially if you do it, you know, later in life, past your teenage years or 20 years or even you know older than that. You will have lived this, you know, a lifestyle for a certain period of time, had made friends potentially in that lifestyle. And then when you come to Christ, all of a sudden you leave all that behind and they won't understand why you did if they have not accepted Christ as well. And so they're not going to understand why you don't continue to do the things you used to. And they're going to judge you based on how they knew you before. But what it also brings up is this idea. And this is something, again, we're going to develop a little bit further as we go in the next couple of weeks, but that we are judged according to human standards. Now we can take it from a sort of subjective realm of you know your friends and former acquaintances who knew you the way you were before Christ, they're judging you, um, in sort of just their own social cultural way of like, why don't you, you know, why did you give these things up? We used to have so much fun together, whatever it was, or you used to be this certain way, but it extends to, to human law. And this is, like I said, we're going to develop this further as we go. But for this week, I kind of want to just put this point on it that, you know, we talked about, in a, in the previous episodes about the totality of the forgiveness of your sins in Christ, that God has taken what you have done out of selfishness, out of um, rejection of him and his will, that when you confess those to God, he takes them infinitely far away so you cannot even get to them. That does not absolve you from two things, I would say. The first being kind of more obviously the law of the land. If the sin you committed was also breaking a law set up by your local or federal government or whatever law you find yourself under, you don't escape that <laughs> necessarily. You may God may work some miracle out in your favor that you are not punished or prosecuted for the thing you did, but odds are, you know that that has not gone away. It does not mean. That you are guilty in the sight of god if you've confessed the sin side of it you can accept the legal punishment for what you have done without bearing that burden of guilt in your soul and then secondly you are not free from the consequences these sort of natural consequences of the sins you have committed again necessarily god can work miracles he can make things happen but if you speed and you get into a car accident just because you ask God for forgiveness, does not mean you don't have to pay restitution. That your insurance cost won't necessarily go up. That any physical harm you have caused, you will you will have to sort of take care of those things. Similarly, and maybe a little more applicable, is that any debts you have incurred from you know foolish spending or imprudence or these things are contrary to God's nature. Again, it's because the You know, perhaps the money you've spent, let's say it was not that you're just poor, (laughs) but that you spent money indulging the flesh, which we are not to do as Christ followers. And so God may not magically pull you out of debt that you have incurred through the sin in your life. And so those sorts of consequences where it wasn't illegal, but your life is going to be harder than it otherwise might be. Because of these, these sins you've made, the mistakes you've made, the times you've rejected God and his nature and chosen to live your life in a way contrary to the way he would have you live it, even if you confess your sins to him and he takes them as far as the east is from the west, some of those things may still remain. And we should not be surprised by this. We can be thankful for certain if he does sort of mitigate some of those consequences. There have been numerous times where I kind of caught myself, not necessarily in sin, Again, necessarily, but in a situation where, man, if some, if one factor had been a little bit different, my life would be far different from what it is right now. And so, you know, I, I acknowledge and I'm grateful for the fact that there were many, many consequences to actions I made that could have been far worse than they were. And God can and will do that for you, but not necessarily. So the big takeaway, we are not free from human judgment while living on Earth. Again, judged according to the flesh. But we are empowered by God's grace to live in the spirit according to the will of God, regardless of the punishment brought against you, whether it's, again, natural consequences arising from your actions or some sort of legal prosecution. You are still free in Christ to act in a way that is holy, that is God honoring, that is set apart and that is dictated by him. You can still do that through his grace and strength. And that's that. Like I said, kind of a shorter one this week. In the coming weeks, I know we've got we've got some big ones to get through. There's going to be a lot of, of things to kind of cover and discuss. So maybe this will be a little breather in between some bigger and heavier ones. But I wanted to cover it. As I said, we're going to be kind of developing this a little bit further as we go. Next week, again, kind of an interesting topic that that came to me years and years and years and years ago. Question as part of a church small group that was brought up. And we're going to be looking at, When the law of God and human law coincide. It's going to be another really good one, I think. So tune in then. And until next week, keep the faith and keep it fresh.